turn back to Luke chapter 1. We were there Sunday morning, and we're going to go back there again tonight. Luke chapter number 1. And if you would uh, look down to... Uh, look down to about verse 26. We read some of these Sunday, but uh, don't worry. We're not going to preach the same message, okay? Luke chapter number 1. We'll look down to verse number 26. We'll read just a few verses, kind of skip through here, and kind of key in really on verse, uh, verse number 36, verse number 37, verse number 38. Luke chapter number 1, we see the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. The Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and says, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Let's skip down, if you would, look to verse number 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And our key text tonight will be verse 38. And Mary says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for your word. I pray you bless it tonight. Help us receive the message that you sent and just be obedient to it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to continue our series tonight on a choice servant. And I was looking over the calendar this afternoon and realized this will be one of the last, if not the last, normal service we have in here uh, on Wednesdays uh, until after Christmas. And uh, how fitting it was as we were praying about what to preach, the Lord led us to Mary uh, as one of the choice servants. And remember the overwhelming burden about this series is helping us determine what decisions that we can make uh, to better position ourselves to be used of God. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I believe every child of God, ever how much minimal it could be in your heart, should have a desire to be used of God. And if you're being used of God, to be used of God in a greater way. All right? Now, you may not be on fire to find out what's next in your life and in the will of God for your life, but at the very least, there should be some type of a little pilot light burning in there. You know what a pilot light is? It's just that little bitty flicker of a flame, and it may not be a full blazing heater, but at least there's that little blue flame that's burning in there. And I hope for everyone who names the name of Christ, you call yourself a Christian, uh, you know that your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and heaven's your home, uh, I hope that there's something burning in there where you desire to be used of God, number one, and if you are being used of God, to be used of God in a greater way. Now remember, we get caught up in a lot of television, we get caught up in a lot of romantic uh, ideas about destiny, and we throw these words about destiny around, but remember, it's our decisions that will determine our direction for God, not destiny, okay? It's our decisions. You wonder where you're going to end up and what you accomplish in your life for the will of God. It's not based on destiny. 
We, we throw the term destiny around like it's just my destiny to do this and to do that. No, it will be your decisions that you make that will determine the outcome of what you accomplish for the cause of Christ, which will also determine what you hear from God, whether it be well done or oh me when we stand before God. Now, when we look at these choice servants, we've looked at a lot of them. I didn't realize we'd looked at so many until uh, I went back and I started looking through my notes at all the notes that I had made. And we've looked at several from David. God chose David out of the sheep folds from following the sheep around, and God would take David from there and use him to be the king of Israel. We looked at Moses, how God would take him from the backside of the desert in Midian and go and use him to become the deliverer of Israel, and we looked at Gideon and so on and so forth. But I want you to think about this tonight. If there is a choice servant who had a truly unique and wonderful calling... It would have to be Mary. I mean, you think about it. Uh, God could have chose anybody, but he chose Mary to carry the Savior of the world. Now, look, I, I envy Peter for getting to walk on water. I envy Samson and Gideon for the ways that they were used of God. But I, I kind of feel in the back of my heart that even Samson and Gideon and Peter probably envied Mary. Because what an exalted uh, pick, if you will, to be used of God. Now, there's a lot of reasons we could go through this passage of Scripture for the next six months. Now, we're not, but we could. And figure out why God chose Mary. But tonight we're going to look at one in particular And I believe it was the fact that Mary chose to be yielded. Mary chose to be yielded. Now, the goal of the message tonight, the burden of the message tonight is to show through this passage of Scripture, particularly verse number 38, it'll be our key verse tonight, is we can see that Mary was yielded to the will of God for her life. She was open to it. She was willing to give way to what God's will was for her life. And we're going to look at the very simple thought tonight of how being yielded to God is the key to being used of God, all right? Everybody wants to be used of God. Everybody, and boy, I'm thankful for that. It's a blessing to me when people come to me and say, Pastor, we want to be used of God. Hey, how can we be used around Central? That's a blessing. That's an encouragement to me as a pastor because usually people are running from that. They don't want to be used. Don't call me, okay? So it's a blessing when people want to be used, but understand being used of God is a direct reflection of our willingness to be yielded to God. And I think Mary, as good as anybody in Scripture, will show us how to be yielded to God. So we're going to look at three things tonight on Mary's choice to be yielded. Now understand, she chose to be yielded. God's not going to make you yield, okay? I'll show you tonight. You can choose not to yield to God, and there's consequences for that. But if you want to be used of God, you must be yielded to God. So number one tonight, notice what being yielded is. Look at verse number 38. Our main text, most of the message will come out of verse number 38. Notice what being yielded is. Verse 38, the Bible says, and Mary said, now she's responding to the angel. The angels come to her and the angels told her, you're going to carry the Savior of the world. The Bible says in verse 38, and Mary says, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Now watch what happens after the semicolon. Be it unto me. Be it unto me. Now think about how life-altering the news was that Mary just got. 
Okay? This is not, hey, Mary, God's been watching you and God approves of your lifestyle. No, this is an angel of the Lord coming to Mary, giving her unbelievable, life altering news. Mary's life just changed forever. All right? I mean, her life just changed forever. Every aspect of Mary's life will never be the same because of the visit of this angel, because of the message that God sent her. And notice her response Be it unto me. You notice you see no sign of resistance there. I mean, God just took Mary's life and turned it on its head, literally. I mean, her life is turned upside down. It will never be the same. And God comes down and says, Mary, this is going to happen. This is what I want. This is what my will is. And Mary's response simply was, be it unto me. Do you know what that is? That's yielding. That's yielding. When God makes his will known to you and rather be resistant to it and push back to it and run from it, we simply say, be it unto me. That's what yielding is. I'll tell you tonight, there are some misconceptions about being yielded. Uh, Sometimes we think when we yield or we give way that that's a sign of weakness. But can I tell you, quite to the contrary. Can I tell you tonight, it takes great strength to yield to God It takes great strength to be able to set aside your will and your desire and your plans. Listen, I'm sure Mary was just like any other engaged girl. I remember my wife, when we got engaged, she went into full wedding planning mode. Colors and flowers and songs and I mean, it was just, it was a production I'm sure Mary had plans for her new life with Joseph and all of these things and God just changed it just like that. And she's not resistant. She says, be it unto me. What is she doing? She's yielding. Give an example. The other day, I think I was on Highway 11, if I remember correctly, about to get on 59 North. And as I made that little curve there to get on 59, usually I use the curve to accelerate. Anybody out there with me? Amen. I'm so glad. I'm not the only person that does that. And right as I began to accelerate, and our car has a good exhaust, it kind of rumbles, you know. So we're coming around that, getting ready to get on that on-ramp of 59. And I looked up, and here comes a, a dump truck loaded down with dirt. And so you're trying to guess. Isn't it amazing how fast your brain can calculate distance and speed? And I realized that I could not beat him. Okay, and, and if I did beat him, I was going to be risking my wife and daughter getting, you know, getting, getting hit by the, by the dump truck that was there. And lo and behold, our state is so kind. Our state had this big, beautiful sign there in the curve, and it said, yield. Yield. You know what that meant? It meant was, I know you want to go this way, but there's another way over here, and that person has the right of way, and so it's up to you to yield to them. What does yield mean? It means give way to Okay, let them have the right of way. So watch this. Here comes Mary. She's barreling down the road. She has plans on what she's going to be doing. Then all of a sudden, God comes in, and God's kind of like that dump truck. He's barreling through there, and Mary just yielded. You know what she did? She gave way to the will of God. Now, folks and I, remember, if we want to be used of God, we must be willing to yield to God. And I believe the reason that God chose Mary is because he saw in her a heart that would be yielded. Now, folks and I, based on how yielded we are to the will and the word of God, I believe you will find out why we're used of God or why we're not used of God. So notice what she says, be it unto me according to thy word. The Bible says the angel departed. Now, folks, can I ask you tonight? You look through scripture and you find me people that were used of God. 
Think about your hero. Who is your hero in the word of God? Find somebody in the back of your mind that you look up to, that you wish God would use you like them, and I'll guarantee you, you will find a place in their testimony where they yielded or they gave way to God. Where they were going their way, and all of a sudden, God desired to go this way, and they just put it in park. And I says, okay, I'm going to yield to you. Think about the 12 disciples. What were they doing? They were fishermen. They were fishing. They were casting a net in the sea. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus about to turn their life upside down. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh Uh-oh, here we are, crossroads. Crossroads, here's the way that I want to go. And here's the way that he wants me to go. At that moment, it was an opportunity for them to yield to the will of God. The Bible says, and straightway they left their nets and followed him. Oh, did God use those men? Absolutely. Why? Because they were willing to yield. Go all throughout Scripture, Abraham, Moses. Think about Paul. Paul's literally on the road to Damascus. Paul's going about his will. Paul's going about his way. Paul's going about his plan. And all of a sudden, the Lord knocks him on his back. He looks up at the light that was brighter than the noonday sun, and God gave him a crossroads. Paul chose to yield. We see Moses the same way. Moses had to give up the security of Midian. Moses had ran from Egypt to hide out in Midian. And look, it may not have been, you know, the Plaza Hotel, but it wasn't Egypt. He was away from Pharaoh. And God says, I I know you're going this way, but I want you to go this way. And by the way, this way leads back to Egypt, the place that you ran from. And Moses yielded. And God used Moses to deliver Israel. God used Moses. Can you imagine? I mean, the highlight of it is to stand in front of the Red Sea and see the Red Sea part. Can I tell you what that was a result of? Moses yielding. Now, here's what I wonder. Boy, I hate the thought of regret. I really do. I hate the thought of missing out on something God prepared for me. I hate the thought of missing out on being used of God to do something wonderful. And I think, you know, if Moses had decided to stay there in Midian... He never saw the Red Sea. And I wonder how often we miss out on being used of God to be a choice servant, to do something wonderful through the power of God, all because during an invitation time, we were unwilling to yield. Do you know that's what the invitation is all about during church service? That's what the invitation is all about. The Holy Spirit of God works in our heart and he stirs our heart and he burdens our heart and he points to the direction that he wants us to go because God doesn't want his children to get stagnant. God's always trying to get us to move forward and to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's always trying to move us forward. And for some reason, we always go that way instead of this way. You know, during the invitation time, we even say, do you know why we get you to stand during the invitation time? That's just one step you don't have to do. All right, you already got you on your feet. And so all you got to do is decide, am I going to go this way or am I going to go this way? So often we don't yield to God We just step on the accelerator. We get right out of the church building. We miss out on being used of God. I want you to think about it this way. Uh, I have to have little phrases in my head to remember things. That's kind of how I did in college. I used to write songs when I was in college. Look, when you're talking about Greek and trying to remember all those Greek words, I would go in class and just sing these little songs to myself. I'm sitting there taking my test and singing to myself. That's how I remembered all the answers. Think about it this way tonight. We succeed when we concede. Okay? 
We succeed when we concede. When we concede to God and we yield to God, that's when we start to succeed in our walk with God. But so often we don't concede to God, we concede to self. Look, I've been in church service before, the Holy Spirit of God to convict my heart. It doesn't feel good. And all I want to do is get out of there. Some reason, they just feel like if you can get out of the building, you can get away from the Holy Spirit. You know he follows you home, right? The Holy Spirit's not trapped in here. Like, man, I got to get out of there. I hate to tell you, he's going home with you. And look, he's going to stir that heart there too. So, well, how do I get some relief? Concede. Yield to God. Can I tell you how I got saved? I yielded to God. Yielded to God. I remember my, my dad's testimony. My dad's testimony when he was uh, 18 years old, he was only in church because my dad's, my mom's dad made him come in order to date his daughter. That's a great idea, by the way. You know, mom and dad, you can do that. You can. I, don't, I know what your kids tell you, you can't, but you can. I promise you, you can afford a better lawyer than they can. My mom and dad are sitting there in church, and my mom pops up, and my dad thought she was going out the back door. So my dad popped up with her. And when they got to the aisle, instead of going out the back door, my mom went left. My dad said, I was kind of stuck. What do I do? My dad was very, very, very shy at the time. And he says, I wanted to go right, but man, I had a quick decision, so I went left. What happened? It was at that moment that he yielded. Folks, yielding is when you say, look at verse 38, be it unto me. Be it unto me. Okay, okay. Whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to yield to God. Now, folks, listen to me. You want to be used of God. You want God to do something through your life. Look, you don't have to envy other Christians being used of God. God's an equal opportunity employer. God will use each and every one of us, but we must first choose to be yielded to God. Now, let me show you why. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, we know this often. This is usually the high school and college graduation verse that we give out to people and put in cards. If you haven't discovered this one yet, save it for next year because it'll come in handy. Jeremiah 29, 11, listen to what the Bible says. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. That word thoughts, you look it up, it means plans or purposes. God says, I know the plans and I know the purposes that I have for you. Listen close. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. You see, the reason we should yield to God's way the reason we should yield our way and our will and our plan and our purpose to God's is because God can see all the way to the end. And God says, I can see to the end of yours and you're not going to like it because there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But the Bible says, I have an expected end. I can see to the end of my way. And the Bible says, it's thoughts of peace and not of evil. How many times in my life have I been in a place where I didn't have peace? in a place of turmoil, and I realized I got to that destination by not yielding. Now, folks, this is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength, but here's the problem. Yielding involves a choice between two desires, okay? Yielding involves a choice between two desires, the desire of God to go this way and the desire of me to go that way. It's amazing how many times you will read in Scripture and there's a choice to be made between two. It's easy to make a choice between one, isn't it? I was at a restaurant the other day and just about everything I ordered, they were out of. So you know what I had to settle with? What they had. That's all they had. So that's what I had to order. 
Now, folks, it would be easy if there was only one choice in life to go, and that was God's way. But the devil is magnificent at providing alternatives to what God desires for his children. Think about Mount Carmel. Elijah's there on Mount Carmel. And what did he say to to, to Israel? How long will you halt between two opinions? There they are at the fork in the road, and they've got to decide which one they're going to yield to. Remember Joshua, as Joshua speaks to Israel, he says, look, you're going to serve the gods that your father served on the other side of the flood. Are you going to serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell? He says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Here's what Joshua is saying. You've got to decide who you're going to yield to. You see, that's a choice. What did he say? Choose you. We get to choose which way we yield to. What was that old comedian you say years ago? The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Look, if you're a saved, born-again child of God, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, the devil can't make you do anything. And so if you end up going down the path of you, it's because you chose that. You chose to yield to you rather than yield to God. And when you chose to yield to you, do not be surprised if God doesn't choose you to do anything in his service. Romans 6, Paul was trying to get this point across. And buddy, if there's a verse that gets it across, jot this down and read it when you get home. Romans 6, 13. Listen to what Paul says. The Bible says, neither yield, there's our word, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. What is he talking about? He's talking about our possession, our life, our body, our members. Neither yield that as members of unrighteousness. That means what God's blessed you with, use it as a tool in the hand of God. It's, it's like these, these singers, you know, and you know, they, they go out and they, they sing about drinking and partying and all that kind of stuff. And, and then they'll win an award and they have the audacity to say, I just want to thank God for this. <laughs> God didn't give you that to sing about that. God gave you the voice. God gave you the talent. God gave you the ability to glorify him. But you've yielded that. You have given away your talents and your efforts and whatever God's blessed you with and you're using as an instrument of unrighteousness. Why? Because that's what you chose to do. Because that pays more in this life. But you keep reading Romans 6.13, it says this, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So if he's telling them, neither yield ye your members as instruments of righteousness, but yield them unto God, that shows you there's a choice. You're going to have to decide, do I yield unto God or do I yield unto self? The good news is verse 16 really sums it all up for us. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. You see, tonight, your service is directly impacted by what you yield to. Notice what he says, Romans 6, 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. You see, it's not a question about if you will yield. It's a question of who you will yield to. You're either going to yield to God or you're going to yield to self. And remember, whatever you give way to, you give way to self, you give way to the world, you give way to fleshly desires, you're its servant to obey. But when you yield as your members of righteousness unto God, the Bible says this, or of obedience unto righteousness. 
You see, yielding is a choice. Want to be used of God? Want God to do something with you? Want God to pick you to do something that he can work through? It all boils down to us deciding who we're going to yield to. So, number one, notice what yielding is. We see it in verse 38. Be it unto me. You want to yield to God? Here's what happens. When the Holy Spirit stirs your heart about something, here's the response. Be it unto me. Be it unto me. Holy Spirit says, I, I want you to go to Africa and become a missionary. And we always use Africa because that's the scariest thing, huh? Ooh, don't send me to Africa. Like Russia's a whole lot better, you know, or China or something like that. No, it's all scary. America's even getting scary. Oh, I want you to go to be a missionary to China. Be it unto me. I want you to be a Sunday school teacher. Be it unto me. I want you to start a bus route. Be it unto me. You know what that is? That's yielding unto God. I want you to give that lady at McDonald's a gospel track. Be it unto me. Whatever you've said, so will I do. But notice number two tonight. Notice what she yielded. If you're going to yield, you have to yield something. Something has to give way. And the the answer is really simple. So verse number 38. Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto. Now don't miss that little two-letter word right after the word unto. It's the word me. She says, Be it unto me. Be it unto me. The reason Mary is really showing us tonight why yielding requires a lot of strength is because she's yielding herself. She says, be it unto me. She's not saying, be it unto you. She says, be it unto me. That means all that you've said, I accept. I am yielding myself. Can I tell you what one of the greatest threats to yielding unto God is? It's not the satanic church of America. It's not the Democrats. It's not the politicians. The greatest threat to me not yielding to God is me. It's me. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Why? Because I don't like yielding to God. Why? Because I like me. I was thinking about what we call the model prayer. Oftentimes we pray at ball games. I remember in high school we'd pray that prayer almost like a chant. You know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, listen close, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. You know, we can pray that, and we don't mind the Lord's will being done on earth and heaven, but man, when the Lord's will is being done in us, that's when we pump the brakes a little bit. Well, I don't mind your will being done in heaven and your will being done in earth, but just as long as it's not done in me. But notice, Mary would be used of God. Why? Because she yielded herself. And I'm going to tell you tonight, that's the fork in the road that most of us stall out on. When yielding to God starts costing me personally, You know, we like praying that God would send revival in America. We like praying that God would work in the hearts of his people as long as it's not us. God send revival to them. God help them get right. But I'm not going to let your will trample in on my desires. We're unyielded people. Look, God's not going to use us if we don't yield to him. And yielding starts in the heart of each and every one of us. You can't yield for me. I can't yield for you. But I can yield me. I can lay myself down on the altar and say, okay, here it is. Search me, O God. I was going home the other day for something, middle of the day, and it was kind of cool outside. And turned on the road that we live on, and there was this cat laying in the middle of the road, alive for the moment. No, he was alive. (laughs) He's laying there in the road, and you can tell it's cold out there, and he's wanting to keep warm on the asphalt. And so I turn left on the road that we live on, and he's dead center. I can't go around him. There's deep ditches on either side. He's dead center. And so I just stop. You know how these cats can give this arrogant look? 
Cats can give you an arrogant look like a dog can't. I don't know. Your dogs just seem friendly. And cats just like, bless me if you can, kind of attitude, you know. And this cat just, he literally, he's laying there and he lifts up his head. And he looks at me. Almost like, can't you see I'm getting warm here? And I'm sitting there. I told you I had good exhaust in the car. Kick it in neutral. Just kind of rev it up just a little bit. And he just blinks his eyes at me. And here we are. Look, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded American man. I have pride just as much as the next guy. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I put it back in drive and begin inching toward. Look, I didn't want to run over somebody's cat. I still don't know. Look, remember I told you Sunday, I don't know who everybody's cars is. I don't know who everybody's cats are either. I would hate to run over a church member's cat. Non-church members, that's okay. But church members, I don't want. I got to tell you this. Remember we were on the bus route years ago at my dad's church. I was driving the bus. We're going through this trailer park, bumpy road, just dirt. And so I didn't notice one particular bump. I mean, there's like 500 of them, so I didn't recognize which one was which. And as I came out of the trailer, I was going in. As I came out of the trailer park, there's a man standing in the road, very kind man. And I uh, walked over, and he waved me, flagged me down, flagged me down. He tapped on my window. This man has tears coming down his face. I says, can I help you? He says, you killed my dog. I said, excuse me? He says, you ran over my dog. And I says, well, well, what can I do? He says, nothing. And he just walks back in the house. He just wanted to make my day feel bad. I guess it was. He didn't didn't let me do anything. And so it's kind of hard to get that guy in church when you run over their dog. So I I didn't want to run over this, this, this cat in the road. But one of us had to yield. And for about, I don't know, about 35, 45 seconds there, this cat was not yielding. He was like, this is my road. And I'm like, oh, no, this is my road. So I just kept inching up to him and inching up to him and inching up to him. And finally, you could just see the disgust on his face. He got up and he just, he just gave me this bad look as he walked away and, and walked across and jumped over in the ditch. One of us had to yield, okay? One of us had to decide, I am going to move, okay? But that's the way it is with God so often in his house. God comes through, God's got a message for us, God speaks to our heart, God wants to work in our life, and we're like the cat laying in the road looking up at God, and we're saying, bless me if you can. Now listen, don't make God rev his engine. Don't, listen, don't make God get serious with you tonight. It's in our best interest. Remember, he has plans of an expected end, but we got to yield to them. We've got to yield our plans to God's plans, and that begins with Be it unto me. It's easy to pray that God would work in other people's life, but it takes some spiritual fortitude to come down to an old-fashioned prayer altar and call out to God and say, God, look, I want you to work in Central Baptist Church. Let it begin in me. I believe revival, it's an individual event in the heart of God's people. Now, I do believe it's contagious and it can spread. But somebody's got to be that match that starts it. Folks, listen, why don't we cry out to God and say, God, I I pray it for everybody else, but I'm going to pray it that it be me. I think we sing the song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, and we're very disingenuous about it. You think about the last words of that song. It says, while I am waiting, yielded, and still. We're not yielded. We're not yielded. We come down and we pray for God to work. and We pray for God to, to move in America again. But what if God says, I want it to start in you? What a scary thought. If revival in this church 
in this town, that would lead to revival in this state, that could lead to revival in this country, was dependent upon you yielding to God. I fear oftentimes it may never happen. Why? Because we're not yielded. We desire our will and our way, and yet Mary just says, be it unto me. She says, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Sometimes I think we see ourselves differently than God does. So number two, notice what she yielded. She yielded herself. Matthew 6, 24, the Bible says, no man can serve two masters. I heard one time, that's a good verse to help you understand why one man should only marry one wife and not have two, because no man can serve two masters. Sounds good to me. But listen close to this. First, notice the word serve in there. No man can serve two masters. Why? It says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Notice you can't do both. You can't yield to self and yield to God at the same time. No man can serve two masters. Now, here's something interesting. Just notice this this afternoon in Matthew 6, 24. Notice it shows our service is dependent on who we yield to. But also it says, for either he will hate the one and love the other. You know, your love to God will be dependent upon how much you yield to God. You find yourself not loving God the way that you ought to love God. It's because we're not yielded to God the way you ought to be yielded to God. It says, for he will love the one or hate the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. Notice he uses the word hold to. Can I ask you tonight, how close are you holding on to God tonight? How close do you want to be to God tonight? Can I tell you, your closeness to God is a direct result of how yielded to God you are. Your service to God is a reflection on how yielded you are. Your love for God is a reflection on how yielded you are. And how close you are to God is a reflection of how much of your way you've yielded to God's way. I had the privilege to be at Brother Josh and uh, Miss Christian's wedding uh, Saturday and uh, going through the verses, preparing to preach the wedding. And as obviously getting ready for this message, I noticed a corollary between the two. Begin to think about the verses that I would read for Brother Josh's part of the wedding and the verses I would read for Miss Christian's part of the wedding. And you think about this. The Bible says that husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, how did he love the church? Keep reading. And gave himself for it. Watch, watch, watch the common denominator, Okay. Husbands, love your wives. There's the love, and it's reflected in what? The giving, which is what? It's yielding. You see, our love is going to generate the yielding and the giving of ourselves to God. What does John 3, 16 say? For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. You know what that is? Yielded. He gave way. He gave his son to be, to be born of a virgin, to live uh, 33 sinless years of life, to be persecuted, crucified, and to be put in a tomb. Oh, he had to give. He had to yield. What do we, what do we tell the wives in the, the wife part of the wedding? Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband. What is submission? It's yielding. Husbands, you give yourself for your wife as Christ gave himself for the church. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband. What is that? That's yielding. It's all a reflection of the love. And if we have trouble yielding, we have trouble loving. You have trouble loving, you may have trouble yielding. Let me ask you this real quickly before I give you the last point tonight. Based on how we yield, now listen close. Based on how we yield, 
What are we in love with? Well, play that back in your head just a few times. Based on how we yield and what we yield to, what are we in love with? Because we will yield for that which we love. We will serve that which we love. We will hold to that which we love. What are we yielding to? You know, oftentimes I know we have to work, okay? I understand that. And it's good. God ordained that. But how often do we yield for our job in ways we will not yield for God? How often do we yield for our desires and our hobbies? Look, I'm just as guilty as the next person. But our yielding and what we give shows the level of love. Oftentimes, it's not something that has to give. It's someone, and it's me. Mary says, be it unto me. She says, I'm, I'm yielding unto your will and unto your way. Now, the problem is that's frightening because we are giving up what we know and what we've planned and what we've purposed for what only God knows. We can't see the expected end. Only God can. So let me give you this real quickly, and I'll give you the last point. Matthew 16, 25 will help calm those fears. The Bible says, whosoever will save his life will what? Going to lose it. We're thinking, I've got to hold on to my will, and I've got to hold on to my way, and I've got to hold on to my plans and my purpose. I've got to hold on to that. The Bible says that when we save it, that's when we lose our life. And we look over here at all of the unknowns of the will of God, and you say, you want me to trade what I know for what you know? God says, yes. You say, but God, I know where this leads. God says, no, you don't. God says, I know where this leads. What does the rest of that verse go on to say? The rest of the verse goes on to say, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You see, we have this bad thought in the backside of our mind that when we choose to yield to God, that's when we lose our life. The truth is, that's when we find it. That's when we find what God's called us to do. We find that peace and that expected end. But what does it come down to? God's not going to force his blessings on you. I wish he did, but he's not. He makes us choose them. So remember this, and I'll give you the last point. The most frightening thing in life is not letting God have his way. Okay, that's not the most frightening thing. The most frightening thing in life is when God lets you have your way. It's not letting God have his, oh, it's just, you don't understand. I had to give up this and give up that and to go God's way. That's the scariest thing on earth. No, the scariest thing on earth is when God lets you have what you think you want. Remember Israel when they begged God in 1 Samuel, give us a king, give us a king. This is what we want because we want to be like all the other nations. Oh, Samuel goes to God. He says, what, what do you want me to do? God says, let them have what they want. Let them have what they want. He says, they're going to take their sons uh, to war. He's going to take their daughters to be his servants. He's going to take their, their vineyards, talking about all the taxation that he's going to bring on them. He says, the best thing they can do is get what they ask for and realize that my way was the way. He goes on to say in 1 Samuel chapter 8, they'll cry out to me, but I'm not going to listen. Folks, I know the unknowns of the will of God can be frightening at times. But understand, it's not unknown to God. I mean, Mary's life just got turned upside down. You're going to give birth to the Savior. I mean, Mary, listen, the Holy Spirit of God, listen, he's going to overshadow thee. You're going to give birth to Jesus. And, all, and she says, how's this going to happen? I know not a man in verse 34. God says, I know exactly how this is all going to happen. And Mary says, be it unto me. Be it unto me. So number two, notice what she yielded. She yielded herself. 
Number three, notice what she was yielded to. This is, boy, this is beautiful. Verse 38, Mary says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be done to me according to thy word. According to thy word. What Mary was yielded to was simply what God said. Just what God said. She says, okay, whatever you say. That's exactly what she's saying. When you look up the term, be it unto me, it means so be it. So be it. What you have stated, so be it. Can I tell you, it's important to understand tonight that you will live according to what you yield to. You will live according to what you yield to. Mary says, I'm yielding to your word. And I'm going to live by your word. And oh, how God used Mary. Why? Because she says, I give way to everything that you've said. Now, folks, so many times the troubles we have in our life is because we've yielded to our way. We end up in trouble and heartache and confusion. We have no peace in our life. We have no joy in our life. Why? Because we yielded to our way and we're living according. Look at the word in verse 38. According to thy word. As we were leaving uh, Miss Myrtle Altman's house yesterday, I got to visit with her a little while, and uh, Brother Vado has a GPS on his dash, and we're thankful for that. We're manly men because we can listen to a machine, and we don't have to use our manly G- We're just saving it for the times we have to use it, you know? And so we're listening to that little machine, and remember we came to the crossroads yesterday, and you could tell both of us felt like we needed to go right. Our manly GPS was just locking in. We just kind of felt like it but the gps was going this way and we're trying to get to that burger joint i was telling you about all right the spiritual part's over and now it's time to go feed our face and so we're heading to the restaurant kind of trickle through the woods to get to this burger joint and we felt like you need to go back this way but the gps went this way so here's what we had to decide we had to decide what we're going to go according to our manly gps that's never wrong or that little machine on the dash Now understand, listen, understand the direction we were going, the lunch we would eat, and whether or not we were on time all depended upon what we decided to travel according to, okay? We went with the machine and we got there on time and we had a wonderful lunch. Evidently, because of the cloud cover or the weather, our man GPS was not quite on on target as it should have been. But look, look at all that was affected by what we went according to. Mary would be used of God. Why? Because she yielded according to thy word. So be it, she says. Everything that you said, I accept. Now, folks, there's a lot more than lunch hanging upon you living according to God's word. You've got to yield to it. You can't just say, I agree with that. Look, it's great when people say, I agree with the word of God. Sooner or later, you've got to yield to it. Sooner or later, you've got to say, okay, I know I want to go this way, but your word says that way. Be it unto me according to thy word, and by faith, take the plunge to just trust God for what you don't know. This is what Mary's doing. Be it unto me. Genesis chapter 6 and 7, we see Noah. The Bible says that all that he did, he did according to the word of the Lord. Do you know why Noah and his family survived? Because he lived according to the words of the Lord. You know why so many of our families are not surviving? We don't live according to the word of the Lord. Joshua 1.8, quoted all the time. It says, that thou mayest observe to do according 
to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Prosperity, success as a result of what? Living according to thy word. Success, prosper, blessings from God. Second Peter 3.13, I love this one. I'll give you this, the last verse tonight. Second Peter 3.13, listen close. Nevertheless, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Nevertheless, we, according to his promises, whose promises? God's. The Bible says we look for a new heaven and we look for a new earth. You know what that is? That's hope. We have a hope beyond this life. We look for a new heaven and a new word and in a new earth. Where did it come from? According to his promise. We have hope. Why? We've yielded to his promises. We have success, we have prosperity, spiritual prosperity. Why? Because we've yielded to his word. Now, folks, tonight I wonder what waits for us on the other side of us yielding. I wonder what's been waiting. I wonder how many of the promises of God tonight are gathering dust. They're just gathering dust. Why? Because they're on the other side of you yielding. They're waiting. I wonder what usefulness to God you could have tonight if you just yield. See, what do you mean? What does it mean to yield? You say, be it unto me, okay? Whatever you say. Now, folks, I don't know what God may have spoke to your heart in this service, the last service, or last year, or 10 years ago, but I'll tell you this, it's in your best interest that you decide that you're going to tell God, be it unto me. I remember what you said. I remember your word, and be it unto me according to that. Now, let me give you this. 2020 is going to roll around, and if the Lord tarries, oh, what God could do through this church with everybody, but especially, listen, just a handful of folks who decide, you know what, every time I walk in the doors of the church in 2020, I'm going to tell God, be it unto me. Be it unto me. Why? Because you want to be a choice servant. Say, God, I want to be used of you in 2020. I want you to do something in my life and do something through my life in 2020. God says, yield. Yield. Be it unto me. Whatever you say this year, if you tarry, I'm going to say, be it unto me according to thy word. If folks want to be used of God, it's on the other side of yielding to God. Our heads are bowed tonight.